From 90.7 WFAE, this is Newsworthy for Friday, February 16th, 2024. I'm Eric Thiel. A panel of Charlotte-Mecklenburg school board members on Thursday upheld the superintendent's decision to keep two challenged books in high school libraries. As Andos Helms reports, it's the first test of a system set up to comply with North Carolina's Parents' Bill of Rights. The Parents' Bill of Rights was approved by state lawmakers last summer. It requires North Carolina school districts to establish a process for parents to challenge books that they consider inappropriate for classrooms and school libraries. The president of Mecklenburg County's Moms for Liberty chapter, Brooke Weiss, has challenged several books found at the Ardrey-Kell High School Library. Those challenges have been working their way through the process, being reviewed by a panel at the school level, then the district level, and then, when Weiss continued to appeal, to a review by Superintendent Crystal Hill. Hill decided the value of the novels Sold and Tricks justifies the sexual content, and Weiss took the final step of appealing to the board. All three members of the board panel sided with Hill after hearing Weiss's arguments for removing or restricting access to the books. Weiss has prevailed on three book challenges, one at the school level, one at the district level, and one in which Hill overrode the district panel to pull Jack of Hearts from shelves. And Doss Helms, WFAE News. The South Carolina Senate has approved a bill that, if enacted, would allow doctors in the state to prescribe marijuana to be used in the treatment of certain debilitating diseases. South Carolina Public Radio reports senators gave the so-called Compassionate Care Act final approval earlier this week, sending it to the House where a similar bill died two years ago on a procedural ruling without any debate or official votes. A bipartisan majority of senators say the state should enact a legal means where people who need cannabis for medical use can access it safely from a doctor or a pharmacist. U.S. Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg was at Charlotte Douglas Airport on Thursday, where he announced the airport's receiving a $27 million grant. Steve Harrison has this report. The money will help the airport pay for 16 new jetways, which are the bridges that bring passengers from the terminal to their planes. The money will also pay for new equipment to power and air condition the jetways. The Federal Aviation Administration is awarding $970 million to airports across the country that was part of President Biden's infrastructure law. North Carolina is expected to be a swing state in November, and administration officials are starting to visit regularly. In addition to Buttigieg's visit Thursday, Vice President Kamala Harris and Biden were in North Carolina last month. Steve Harrison, WFAE News. A coalition of business, government, and education leaders says North Carolina needs to step up its efforts to build a skilled workforce. At meetings in Charlotte and around the state Thursday, My Future NC called on the state to spend more money to help young adults complete college or earn industry credentials. And Doss Helms has more. Five years ago, My Future NC set a goal of having 2 million young adults with college diplomas or industry credentials by 2030. The group said employers were struggling to find skilled employees, even as many high school graduates, especially blacks, Hispanics, and Native Americans, lacked the post-secondary credentials to get high-paying jobs. My Future NC's latest annual report says the state won't get there at the current pace. The group is calling for an expansion of grants that help college students cover emergency expenses and more financial aid for students who are pursuing credentials. It also wants more support for local and regional collaborations that boost attainment of diplomas and credentials. 
My Future NC announced its latest data and recommendations at simultaneous meetings in eight locations, including Central Piedmont Community College's Harris Campus in West Charlotte. And Doss Helms, WFAE News. Charlotte-based lithium supplier Albemarle Corporation said Thursday its profits fell even as sales rose and that it plans to slow walk some major new projects until lithium prices increase. Eli Portillo has more. Albemarle has been working for years to reopen a major lithium mine in Kings Mountain, as well as create a huge lithium processing plant in South Carolina. But company officials say lithium prices are too low to complete those projects as of now. CEO Kent Masters told investors on an earnings call that Albemarle will keep moving forward with preliminary steps like permitting, with the expectation that prices for the metal used in rechargeable batteries will rebound. We have access to a great resource at Kings Mountain, but where prices are today, the economics aren't there for those projects. Albemarle said its profits for the full year fell 41 percent to just under $1.7 billion. The company is trying to cut costs by $750 million over the next few years. WFAE News, Eli Portillo. The North Carolina Division of Motor Vehicles Office in Huntersville will begin offering some services to auto dealers and salespeople starting February 19th. The license plate agency will also begin offering express service to dealers, such as 30-day markers after an application is completed and fees are paid. This marks the first express-style office in the state. Charlotte Center City Partners plans to focus on improving public safety in and around Uptown. That's what the group's president, Michael Smith, told board members Thursday at their annual meeting. Smith acknowledged that public perceptions of safety have been shaken by events like the New Year's Eve mass shooting that left five people injured in Romare Bearden Park. Charlotte City Council on Monday approved revised ordinances that give police the power to arrest people for offenses like public urination and drinking, hoping to clamp down on disorderly behavior. The Biden administration eased some of the restrictions on Wells Fargo yesterday, saying the bank has sufficiently repaired its culture after years of scandals. The Washington Post reports that news sent Wells Fargo's stock up sharply yesterday, as investors speculated that the bank, which has been kept on a tight leash by regulators for years, can rebuild its reputation and start growing again. The bank's shares closed up more than 7 percent Thursday to its highest level since March of 2022. Wells Fargo employs about 25,000 in Charlotte. Nikki Haley has scheduled a Sunday night campaign stop in Rock Hill in her attempt to overcome former President Donald Trump's lead in the polls just a week before South Carolina's GOP presidential primary. The Rock Hill Herald reports Haley, the former South Carolina governor and United Nations ambassador, is set to speak at 7 p.m. at the Magnolia Room on Laurel Creek Drive, according to her campaign staff and candidate website. Representative Ralph Norman, the Republican congressman from Rock Hill, who's become a prominent Haley campaign surrogate, will introduce her. The event is open to the public. Details are at the Haley campaign website. The Charlotte 49ers men's basketball team won its first game with Aaron Fern as head coach after the university dropped the interim tag from his title with a new five-year contract. After the game, he said it wasn't as easy as the final score may appear. You know, the last two games we've played, I mean, they've just played so hard and, and really played really good basketball, and we've had to really fight to the very end in, in both, and in, in especially the last two. And credit to our guys. I mean, they just keep battling and finding solutions, and they were pretty disruptive there defensively. It got a little bit chunky there that second half with a lot of fouls, and but, you know, they stepped to the line, made, down, made our free throws, which was really important. Charlotte hosts Wichita State this Sunday at noon.
Audiences around the world are getting the chance to learn more about Bob Marley with the release of his biopic this week, Bob Marley, One Love. Marley died from melanoma in 1981 at age 36, but his voice and influence has only grown in the decades since, earning legions of fans. Among them, Charlotte singer Tamara Simone, who's been listening and watching Marley's performances for years. This Friday, she's performing a tribute concert to Marley at Starlight on 22nd in Noda. It might also be part tribute to her dad, who introduced her to Marley as he listened to him around the house when she was growing up. Simone spoke to our Nick Delacanal. My dad would be like, oh man, you know, Bob Marley, this man is great. This is some good stuff. This is like when he was first coming out, you know, like in the 80s and when around after he passed away, you know, it, you just heard him a lot in my house. Like, and I would just remember, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, dad. And, and then as I got into high school, that's when I started to take on Bob Marley a little bit more because I started to get more political and more into like the 1960s and 70s movements and stuff like that. And Marley's music was definitely reflective of that. What were some of the early songs that you fell in love with in that time? Well, of course, my father, he used to sing Three Little Birds around the house sometimes I would hear him sing he can't sing but <laughs> but he was singing and I would hear that and I just love that song that's that the two every little thing's gonna be all right I love that you know and sometimes I even sing that to myself when things get hard singing don't Were there other songs that you, like, grew to love as you explored more of his work? Yes. What attracted me to Bob was his revolutionary stuff. But as I got older, I tend to go towards a lot of his love songs. Like, Mellow Mood and Turn Your Lights Down Low. Like, those sensual, beautiful, like, songs were just, like, I just love those. And to pull your window curtains Oh, let your moon come shining in It's just beautiful, like his love songs. They were always so simple, but they were so poignant and just got to the point. What lessons do you think Bob Marley's music contains that we might still need to hear today? That... The struggle continues that we still need to be fighting for our rights. And that kind of gets more into his revolutionary work. Revolutionary work, yeah. Like, his songs could have definitely been the soundtrack of the Black Lives Matter movement, motivating activists and motivating the next generation to get up and stand up for their rights. And he was a, a pan-Africanist, meaning he, yes. he believed in the unity of all people of African descent. and. Yes. And you can you yes. can hear that in his songs like uh, Africa Unite, Definitely. Redemption Song, yes. Zimbabwe. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> These are songs that came out, you know, 40 or 50 years ago, but does their message still resonate today? Yes, it definitely does. The redemption song you mentioned, he says, emancipate yourself from mental slavery. 
none but ourselves can free our minds. Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery, none but ourselves can free our minds. We have all this information in front of us to free ourselves, to free our minds. We don't have to be enslaved by beauty standards, by status quo, hierarchy. We don't have to be enslaved by those things. We can actually free our minds. Like, those words are huge to me. Emancipate yourself from mental slavery. We've got to fulfill the book. So you're going to perform this Bob Marley tribute for fans all around Charlotte on Friday. What can you tell us about what you'll be performing and what to expect? Yes, so Tamara Simone and the Finnas have curated an amazing show and set list of songs that are talking about partying, because Bob was like a partier, you know, like, let's get live, let's punky reggae party, lively up yourself. But then we're going to go to the revolutionary, and then we're going to transition into the seductive love side of Bob. It is a tribute. It is an authentic tribute to him through audiovisual, through an amazing curated set list with a live band, some great vocals, and just have a good, good time. <laughs> Tamara Simone, she's performing the music of Bob Marley with her band The Finnas on Friday at Starlight on 22nd. Thank you very much. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. That's Tamara Simone. She's performing the music of Bob Marley with her band The Finnas Friday at Starlight on 22nd. She spoke to our Nick Della Canal. And for Friday, February 16th, that's Newsworthy. I'm Eric Teal.